Yes, it is Friday, September 9. And as we just come back, a piece of history and probably a person in our sporting landscape that doesn't get the plaudits she absolutely deserves. Steph Gilmore has just, just as we speak, clinched her eighth World Surfing Championship. She's in tears being interviewed on her board at the moment. At the final event of the season, of course, and there's a few texts on this, as has been keeping us up to date. Kieran from Canberra on the text line as well. What an achievement. She is a star. Steph Gilmore, eight times world champion. Amazing. Good on her. How emotional is she as well, just sitting here watching on TV? Oh, my goodness. What an achievement. Yeah, and I agree with you, Mito. I reckon she goes under the radar. I don't think we, we talk enough about her and praise her achievements enough. She is, she's been around for a long time now. Um, success everywhere, all around the world. That's the other thing. And yet, does Australia proud? Proud Aussie girl. Um, wears a heart on her sleeve. and Good on her. It's Happy o- for her. Mm, it's over in California, that final event of the season. I think she's just beaten Carissa Moore. I think I'm just right in the final. Of that event. So, Steph Gilmore, eight times world champion. Outstanding. And we've got Pengu. Best female surfer of all time. Yeah. No, no brainer. Got to be. It has to be, doesn't it? Superstar. She? I'm no surfing aficionado, but I'm sure that she has the most world titles, doesn't she? Um, yeah, eight time world champion. Incredible. Uh, now, on the text line as well this morning, uh, a lot of people want to give their well wishes to JR. Morning, guys. I'd just like to wish Jamie and her family all the best for the future. She's an amazing woman and inspiration and role model for all women around Australia. Her can-do attitude with young families proof. Don't let anything hold you back. And that's from Sandra, and there's plenty more with that sentiment as well. As JR told us about half an hour ago that she's uh, leaving the BSB, but she's not going anywhere as far as this company is concerned, just moving to Melbourne uh, to fill a void down there in Victoria and moving there with her family and her husband, Dave, is from Victoria. Now we've got Pengilly coming up shortly. Uh, with footy finals fast approaching, it's time to crack open a couple of furfies with your mates and enjoy some unbelievable moments, whether it's bearing witness to a six-beer carry in a crowded pub, fitting five mates onto a three-seater sofa for the game, or actually witnessing footy history unravelling on the screen in front of you. Unbelievable moments pair perfectly with a furfy. Get, get Steph Gilmore a furfy. Get a plenty of them. Yeah, Grab a case to them. share with your mates this footy finals. Adam Pengilly, good morning to you, mate. How are you? Morning, Jared. Morning, boys. Can I echo, echo the sentiments about JR? Um, wish her all the best with her family moving down to Melbourne. She's going to be hugely missed on the program. So what about going to live in Melbourne through winter? That's going to be pretty harsh, though, isn't it, Jared? Oh, yeah, grim. Grim yeah. and grey. Then grim, again, yeah. here it's just been wet. I know, I know. We can't, we can't talk, can we, up here in Sydney. I've got an idea, Jared, for, for, for Clarkie and Loz. Tell me, buddy. On the BSB Grand Final Luncheon, we should have a match race at Rose Hill between Foxy Cleopatra and Pretty Wild. Oh, more for that. Well, Foxy, Foxy will get scratched. Yeah, Foxy <laughs> needs a perfect barrier, perfect weather, no bindies. Yeah, I'm starting to worry about Foxy. Pretty Wild. <laughs> Pretty Wild's chilled. Pretty Wild knows her space in the market and she's willing to have a crack at any stage. So, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Can not sure Chris Waller will be good, but I'm good. Tell Waller to get her back in work, Clarkie. Yeah, actually. Three weeks to get her ready for this. Yeah, and I've been poor this week. I haven't followed him up, so I'll, I'm gonna find, by, I'll know on Monday exactly what's happening. But I agree. It, mate, 
Time to get back on the tools. Pretty wild. Or you end up with Foxy, Kelsey Lee's birthday party. A couple of ponies riding the kids around. Slow and steady wins the race, boys. Slow and steady. You, you just, just a little quiet build up for Foxy. You, you, you went back and you see when I told you Barrier 18 oh. Sunday. Right, we've had no luck with Foxy, but that's okay. We've got to start somewhere, man. That's it. Um, now, Manly, let's talk some footy. And before we get to Para Penrith tonight. Uh, Manly, tell us what came out of that meeting yesterday between the club power brokers and Hasler and Des Hasler's uh, agent as well. Yeah, I can say mixed messaging, Jared. If I can put it in those terms, there's certainly a, a school of thought, definitely definitely from Des's side of things, that there was a chance to, to coach on in 2024 and get an extra one-year extension. Whether that was actually offered or not, I'm not too sure, because certainly on the other side of the business with the, with the owners, with Scott Penn and the CEO, Tony Mestrov, I think this, they want to get some sort of succession plan. They're saying there was no guarantee that Des will definitely be coaching in, in 2024. It's just been an absolute mess this week, hasn't it, boys? Like I, just, I, I know Manly going through a, a quite a period of turmoil here. There's a lot of politics at play at the moment. But they need to get this sorted ASAP because soon enough they'll be back at pre-season training. Des needs to get that roster in shape. There's a lot of young guys in that roster he needs to bring through early next year. And as you've said countless times before, Loz, I, I, I don't know who takes over at Manly if Des is not doing the job, mm. um, to be honest. Like, it doesn't seem to me like a, a ready-made replacement. But the other thing, Adam, is what happens if they go, well, we don't like your success in plan? Mm. Mm. What, what, what happens then? So Des can come up with a succession plan. But if they don't like that succession plan, or do they just follow the succession plan? Yeah. <laughs> how's, how's it operate? Like, yeah. I, I, has he got final know. say on how it all looks, or does he have to convince everybody that that is what they want going forward? I think we're going to go we're going to a situation next year where, like we've seen many times in the past, where the first couple of months there'll be a lot of talk and a lot of noise around Manly about how they're tracking, whether Des will get another contract, another year on his deal for, for 2024. What I will say is all these clauses they've put into the deals, and it seems to be the, the modern thing these days. A lot of coaches are not on the traditional standard contracts that we're used to seeing in the past, a three- or four-year deal, and if you, you don't make it, you get paid out your full salary. There's a lot of a lot of wiggle room for, for clubs these days. But with a coach like Des, and, and I've heard it that's been spoken about this week, is you know he had to make the top six this year. It wasn't the top eight, it was the top six he had to make this year to trigger the next extra year in 2024. Well, it gives the coach that narrow tunnel vision focus that all they want to do is just win this week and win next week to try and trigger another clause in their deal. And not thinking about potentially what's going to happen in two or three years down the track and, and keeping the club moving in the right direction. And I think that's really dangerous. And I'm not saying that Des has definitely gone down that path, but you see a situation with a guy like Kieran Foran, who, don't get me wrong, had an outstanding year. But he was he was more liable to go with guys like him who, who he's known have done the job in the past to try and get results right here and now rather than maybe bringing a few kids. Well, I, thought, I thought a young guy, I don't know if you saw him, was by the name of K.O. Weeks, uh, played in the last game of the season for the Bulldogs. He's had some big wraps on him, but he only got one game towards the end of the year. And I think maybe he could have had six or seven games this year and been a little bit further down the path of development. I don't know, but um, Manly's a fascinating watch at the moment. Okay, tonight, Penrith, Parramatta, 1v4. So much at stake for these two clubs heading into this final series. How do you see it? Yeah, I'm still to be Penrith, Jared. Um, I, I think just with the rest last week, a lot of their starting teams virtually rested. No one travelled to Townsville, and they'll be right up for this game. But I think Parramatta will make it close. I think they'll trouble them for, for a lot of the games. As we've seen so far this year, they've beaten them twice and, and done it really well as well. So I, I, in the back of my mind, I'm still thinking we're on course for potentially a Penrith and Parramatta grand final. I think if Parramatta do lose tonight and go on to the other side of the draw, they can come through that, that, that second week of the finals and potentially play the, cow, uh, the, sorry, the Sharks or the Cowboys 
in the prelim final in, in a couple of weeks' time and qualify for a grand final. So can't wait to see this game tonight. I know a lot of the talk's been about this Tail and May situation this week. I still can't get my head around how the NRL come up with that decision to to defer a suspension. I much would have preferred if they sort of said, well, listen, we think it's worth a two- or three-week suspension, but given the court case has been finalised at this time of year, your next game's a final, we'll give you a one-week ban. And I think a lot of people would have copped that, wouldn't they? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think a lot of people, or even if it was a ten, fifteen thousand dollar fine. Yep. Yep. You know, um, I, I, I think the fact that we've never seen it happen before, and we're all just sort of scratching our heads, thinking, how do you get a suspension? You're mm. allowed to possibly play up to ten games before that suspension comes into effect, because not only is he going to play in the finals this season but he's got the World Cup at the end of the year as well. Yeah. Well, he was playing 10 games, Lars Coney, before he suspended. That's exactly right. So you can play 10 games. And then, you know, we had people point out on the text line, what, what happens if that was... Well, what happens if he's going to another club next year? What yeah. happens if he retires? So, so the other club pays the penalty <laughs> rather than yeah. Penrith. Yeah, it, it, it just hasn't made sense to me. That's or if he was <laughs> retiring. Or do you leave it open for a, yeah. you know, a player that's had... 15 years in the game, say, and never been suspended. And, you know, two weeks after the finals, he does something on the field. Do you look at that and then go, well, because it's finals coming up, he's had such a great record on and off the field, we're not going to let him serve that suspension. I I don't know. They're just theories and questions that we were asked yesterday that we couldn't answer. We we do see a situation, boys, a a little bit similar. I'm not going to say it's completely identical, but a little bit similar in racing where a jockey can be suspended for a certain amount of time and the stewards will offer them the opportunity to to either take that suspension straight away and potentially miss, say, the next Saturday's racing, especially around carnival time, or defer it and keep riding for an extra nine days and then take the suspension after that. And I suppose maybe that's sort of factored into Peter Blandy's thinking a a little bit, but there's a little bit of wiggle room for jockeys. But in, in, in rugby league, I... I can't just—I just can't quite get my head around how it's played out this week. Uh, the other finals: Can you envisage an upset at all with Canberra, the Cowboys, and the Bunnies all underdogs against the Storm, Sharks, and Roosters? Yeah, I'm sitting two upsets this week, Jared. I, I, I'm sort of slowly warming to lots of theories. Like, I think Canberra are a massive chance of beating Melbourne uh, tomorrow down there at Amy Park. I just think they've got the right momentum at this time of year for whatever reason. Their style of play just seems to trouble Melbourne a little bit. I think Melbourne are just... I, don't know, I think they're just running out a bit of gas at the moment. They've had two really hard games the last couple of weeks against the Roosters, that brutal contest, and then against Parramatta last Thursday night. I know they've had an extra few days rest as opposed to the Raiders. I think there's a lot of momentum being built by the Raiders with Jack Whiten coming back, Elliot Whitehead, and that front row combination, Tarpany and Papali'i, is just out of this world at the moment. So I'm giving Canberra a huge chance of causing an upset down there in Melbourne. And I actually think... I think the Rabbitohs are a chance of beating the Roosters on Sunday. I know the Roosters did it fairly comfortably there last week, but again, the Roosters seem to be carrying a few injuries. I think Manu is a massive blow for the Roosters, yeah. him, him being out this week. Like he, he's their genuine X factor. I know they've got stars all across the park, but he's a guy that can bob up anywhere and, and cause so many problems with so many different teams. So uh, he's out. They're carrying a couple of injuries with you know, Stu Ali. How fit is he with his shoulder? Jared Warrior Hydrogen and Sam Beryl didn't finish the game last week. And I just don't think Latrell Mitchell will be as quiet as what he was last week. I just can't see him having two quiet games in a row. So for the upsets this week, I think there can be a couple upsets. Jared, I'm sitting the Raiders to beat the Storm. And I think Rabbitohs might be able to squeak past the Roosters as well on Sunday. Adam, what's the latest on Bronson Cherry? I saw a photo of him in the paper yesterday. He looks ginormous. Is he eyeing an NRL return? Yeah, fascinating story in the Telegraph today, Clarky, that he's, he's, he's engaged with a, a high-profile player agent down here in Sydney to find him an NRL club for his return. 
potentially in 2024. And um, you're right, he's been very active on Instagram, I suppose, the last 12 to 18 months, and his body shape is... <laughs> Mate, he looks like a completely different person. Body, he's a bodybuilder, isn't he, Clark? He looks like a bodybuilder. Unbelievable. Um, so he's obviously staying fit, but that's not the type of body shape you need to play NRL at the top level. Yeah. So if he wants to get back into the game, he's going to have to try and um, lose a bit of that... Uh, Muscle mass, if I can put it in those terms, and, and try and be a little bit leaner and a little bit faster. But obviously, he's kept himself fit. That's the main thing. And Lodge, do you think a club will take a chance on him? Like yes. He's young, he's young enough. Yep. He's young enough. Yep. Someone will take a chance on him. I, in fact, I, I think there'll be a few. Is he? Yeah. Well, was he that good a player? Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He, okay. He, he might even turn into an edge back rower. Mate, yeah. you'd be a front row looking at him now. Did <laughs> yeah. you see, have you seen the photo of him? I did. I, I, I saw the photo. My God. He's um, been doing plenty of weights, by the look of him. Yeah. But um, he's, uh, he's very talented. There's, there's no doubt about that. And he's young, mm. so he's got time on his side. So he can come back and still have an eight, ten-year career. Yeah, but I, I would say that he'd have to change his body shape mm. and lose a bit of that bulk. Um, but if he stays sort of that sort of size or even... Um, you know, if he loses his bit of speed, we push into the back row more mm. than a, than being a centre. Yeah, okay. well, to, to me, his attribute was his speed, wasn't it? Was like yeah. it was, he was he was lightning quick, and he he wouldn't want to lose too much of that when he comes back to the NRL. That's 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 his big selling point, isn't it? Really, uh, he can provide you some firepower out wide with his with his just electric yeah. speed. So He's so strong too. Yeah, and I, I reckon you're right. I reckon there will be a club that will take a chance on him. He's probably going to have to earn, you know, minimum money. To, I'd imagine for the first yeah. year or two to, until he proves himself. But I think there'll be a few clubs. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it'll be just one or two. I think there'll be a, a number of clubs that'll put the feelers out towards him. Mm, fascinating to watch how that plays out in the next twelve months. Okay, some racing and uh, just seeing what's going on at Rose Hill at the moment. Glenn Munsey's uh, told us go to the Australian Turf Club website. And uh, you can just, if you click on the racing tab, so australianturfclub.com.au, click on the racing tab and you can follow through and get the live data of, uh, you know, how much rainfall, what the wind conditions are like. And so far, they've had 1.8 mils today. Uh, So what was it, soft five yesterday? So we'll be watching that, uh, Adam. But just before we get to your best bets as well, I just saw the news as well that James McDonald, I saw it yesterday, is uh, set to ride Enemo in the George Main on Saturday week at Ramwick. Yeah, we predicted that, didn't we, Jared? I think I think the fact he's a cult and for Godolphin probably made his decision just a little bit easier, I reckon. And that's not taking anything away from Zaki as a racehorse. He's a, he's a tremendous, tremendous galloper. But being a gelding, I suppose for James, we're thinking about the long-term prospects of, of what Enemo can achieve as well and some of the benefits that might come to flow back to him from riding a stallion to... Some more group one success, so I'm not completely surprised about that decision. But it opens up the right on Zaki, doesn't it? You can imagine Annabelle Nisham's phone at the moment. Well, it looks like that Zaki's a good chance of going to the Underwood anyway. Yeah, that's on the true. Sunday. They're going to meet. They're going to meet in the in the Fox Cox plate, plate yeah. at some stage. And I'd imagine that both James Cummings and Godolphin and Annabelle and her owners would have wanted to call fairly early in the piece to know where they're going for later in the campaign. So. I don't begrudge James that choice. I think he's probably made the right choice, and uh, he'll stick with Animo, and he probably should be uh, should he should already have a cox plate on his uh, on his mantelpiece, Jared. Who do you like Absolutely. tomorrow, mate? Um, I won't be Robinson Crusoe here tomorrow. Laws race four number five Hammer on. He's a really promising galloper. He was great when he first up, and I was only a midweek race, but I think stepping up to eight hundred metres suits him perfectly. I'm happy to take him on it. I take it, be with him at the short. And my best value bet's going to come up in the last race, race ten number two Mananui. Chris Waller's got a thousand horses in this last race there tomorrow, but. He might be a horse that flies under the radar. He's coming across to New Ze- from, from New Zealand to Australia and hasn't really fired too much of a shot. They gelded him. His first up run, he was beaten a fair distance. Just watching past the post, he was up there with them about 100 metres, 150 metres after the post. 
That was a 1,200 metre race. Steps out to 1,500 metres. Inside draw for Jason Collett. I can see him being somewhere in the finish at a nice price. So race four, number five, Hammer on the best. And the values race 10, number two, Mananui in the last at Rose Hill there tomorrow. Okay, so race four, number five, Hammer on's $2.25 with Tab. And race 10, number two, Mananui is $11 the win. And three thirty, the place Adam's best. Your comment about Enemo and the Cox Plate wasn't lost on me. You sound like uh, a jilted punter there. Of course, uh, Adam. <laughs> uh, I feel that way about Il Paradiso in the Melbourne Cup a few years ago. But also, what else we're watching uh, this weekend? Very elegant is more than likely to be retired if she fails in her second run in France on Sunday. That'll be very late Sunday night, our time slash early Monday morning. And uh, I I still believe they're to make a decision on what race she's going to run in. So it's either a group one over 2,400, uh, where apparently she's not weighted very well at all, taking on fillies and mares there from over in Europe, or a group two over 2,800. So that's going to be a big story over the weekend, or by the end of the weekend. Yeah, I've got my fingers crossed, Jared. We don't want to see her go out with two subpar runs on the other side of the world, do we? Considering everything she's done over here in Australia, she's an absolute champion winning 10 or 11 group ones. Um, she's getting out to her right trip now, regardless of what race they run her in, Jared. 2,400 metres or 2,800 metres probably suits her down to the ground. So, uh, yeah, I heard Brace Pulsey's comments saying this could be a last run if she doesn't aim up. And they, they won't overtax her, obviously. But, geez, I'd hate to see her go out with another subpar run over there. Let's, let's keep our fingers crossed. I'm sure she can improve on what she did first up over there at 2,000 metres. And, uh, would love to see the dream stay alive for the after Triumph. Have a great weekend, mate. See you, boys. Mate, <laughs> it's not funny, mate. Stop <laughs> it's laughing. It's not, it's not funny at all. We've received some <laughs> mail, and uh, Will, our producer, walked in here and said, we'll, open we'll this. Think, we'll think. How funny does he think he is? Is Will, there a name on it? Well, yeah, there is a, there's, there's two t- names there's on two it. There's two packages we've been sent. No, it's not anthrax. Loz <laughs> right. and I were concerned. Yeah. Um, addressed to Big Sports Breakfast. Oh, here we go. And the t- one package is sent to yeah. Steve Blocker-Roach. The other package is sent to Michael Clark. Can you imagine? Uh, on the, the back, name? and it's in one of those tough bags, yeah. courtesy of Australia Post. Uh, it's from yeah, Manly. No name. Yeah. No, no name. Well, it says Manly fan. Yeah. So no Clarky, name, no address, no phone number. Clarky, I've opened your mail for can you. Can we get no, a photo thanks, of this and post it? So please? can you just... Um, yeah, it's safe. You know it's, it's illegal safe. to open someone else's well, mail? Well, I've just committed a crime. <laughs> Would you like to just pick up what's in that package? Sure. So there it is. And there it is. It is a wooden spoon. 2022. Hocker and pup. Going. So thank you. I can't you. say that on radio. Whoever said that, thank you. <laughs> yes, yes. The good unwanted joke. cutlery right good there. Good joke, good joke. He could have put a bow on it or something. It Bradman could've. Award, you always get a present for last, don't you? Maybe. You always get some sort of prize. You gotta go last. On, you gotta go on the board. That'd be now. a good back scratcher. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what that's good for. The mint sauce in the pasta. You've got to store the, st- stir the mint sauce. Uh, the mint um, no, jelly. I can't even what do you speak. talk mint sauce meat, in The your meat mouth. and sauce. The <laughs> meat. Mince meat. I was thinking, what pasta are you having? The mince meat. I need it for Were you or someone else telling me about you put pasta? No. Something Ve- in Vegemite the, in pasta. Vegemite no, in pasta. No, no, I heard it as well. Who did Somebody that? Who told us that? Vegemite no, you said Vegemite in, in pasta. No, no, no? not me. Somebody, somebody texted us in. Yes. They yep. said the... In the meat, it, the sauce. Vegemite. The sauce, yeah. I've, I haven't tried I it I thought yet. that was you. No. no there I, you go. I, I haven't tried this that This would have come in handy last night. I went the mince meat with the taco seasoning right. in, you know, those big lettuce cups, like a Sang Choi Bao lettuce cup? Oh, I love the Sang Mate, that was my treat last night for dinner. Made it myself. That's really my... F- one of my favourites. I was going to say Sanctuary Bower? Yeah. yeah, it's good. Oh, lettuce. Yeah, oh, it's good. Oh, so yeah. good. What about the lettuce? It's nice and crisp. Mm. They do it well, don't they?
St. Joy. Anyway, whoever sent me this wooden spoon, (laughs) put my name on the back, put the year. Thank you very much. Blockers got will deliver. It'll be the last time in my life. It'll be the last time in my life that the West Tigers get the wooden spoon. Are you feeling okay? I'm feeling great. And I'm hoping to live for a little bit longer. <laughs> Jono, just clip that, clip yes, that out. Yes, save that, We'll keep Jono. that for history. Come on, the Tigers. Um, now, we've got to get to the news. Just very quickly, uh, Loza, with the Queen passing and JR leaving the show, please don't scratch your horse. I can't handle any more disappointments. <laughs> Cheers, the Cleveland Blue. Well, what won't be a disappointment is the multi. Give it to us. What have you got? Well, this is what we're doing, Mido. We're going to Flemington, race four, number 16, El Rocco. To finish top two, and then everyone's potting Shades of Rose. I don't know why, but anyway, we're going race nine, number 10, Shades of Rose to win. And if you want to be a part of the BSB Sticky Wings multi, that is paying 13 big clams. What, did your mum used to smack you with these? My mum used to smack uh, my, on the bubble. My mum would do that. My mum would do that. Mate, and, and break them. If, if there was a, like a get the bill. iron cord or a jug oh, cord. Oh, okay. Bad subject to bring <laughs> up. Like, yeah. So and, I got away with it. And, that and a belt. Oh, no. yeah, my mum used to break these on my bum the regularly. I, I remember... Um, Don't know I, why. I, I was a good kid. Well, I, as I got older, I got a bit smarter. <laughs> Faster because I knew, Well, I knew that Dad would be at the pub on a Friday. And we, he'd all, if he was a, oh, like, if he yeah. wasn't working, so he's a shift worker because he drove trains. But if that's he your was, night to misbehave. Well, that was the, the night you could, the day after, you know, come home yeah, after school, school. You, you'd misbehave because mum would say, "Wait, yeah, for either get home." You knew it wasn't but coming. I knew when dad come home, he'd have a couple of bottles with him, bring a couple of bottles <laughs> home, and he'd have the fish and chips, and he'd be in a playful mood. Yeah, he'd be happy. He'd be happy. So End no matter what you week. did, you would never get in trouble off dad. Go hard Friday. <laughs> Nothing to change. We're still doing the same, just for different reasons. Uh, as an Italian, hearing that you put Vegemite in your pasta sauce almost made me drive off the road. Yeah, I'm disgusted, I says I Tiger Vickers. I agree. Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast. Now, uh, last night, Australia in the cricket won against New Zealand by 113 runs. They made nine for 195, and you they rolled New out? Zealand for 82. I had it on the background. I wasn't really oh, watching it. Mate, can you start supporting the Australian <laughs> cricket team? You've been poor. I'm a, you know I'm an Australian cricket team supporter. Can't can believe you? we didn't su- watch the games against Zimbabwe. Mm. Oh, yeah. Sleepy Lukey, as you would say. <laughs> uh, England, South Africa, not a ball. Bold rain at the Oval, and day two is off due to Queen Elizabeth II's death. So they're going to be mourning. A lot of sports going to be called off. So what are they... Do they today's postponed, so does that mean day two's tomorrow, or are they saying two days are gone in the game? How, how's no, it going to uh, work? Well, I'm sure that Tomorrow will just be like a rest day, I suppose. They'll probably and have day two. What the, the scheduled day three will be day day, okay. day two. Okay, so you go one day longer. But I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay. That, that'd be the common sense I would, decision, wouldn't it? I would agree. I agree. Yeah. I would think it'll that be a four be day the case, test. But the only thing, the only no, four, thing, day, four day, test. day test match. Oh, okay. So you reckon, you reckon four days? They've already test lost match. a day. Yeah, but as well. they'll, they, yeah, but they've. So they lose a day, all right? So yeah. then there's four days left. So yeah. then the second day is just cancelled. So, so now there's three days still, left? No, they'll still have four days. Okay, the only issue with that is if they've got something gotcha. straight after scheduled. Like, th- that's why you have, you know, they might only have three days before the one-day series yeah. starts or something like that. But that would make sense. You, you, you wouldn't, you'd like to think that yeah. the test match isn't ruined, that the game is actually yeah. just postponed and you extended it. They might even try and have a hundred. Well, they would, wouldn't they? Try and have a hundred overs. overs. Well, they'll have to do it now anyway because day one's been washed out. Washed out, yeah. So they'll so try they and will. make up overs already. Yep. That's why it's going to – if day two they're saying is just a 
bad luck, you miss the yeah, day. No, you, you'd your think, test match is over. You'd think they'd just p- postpone that Play day. a day longer. Yeah, play a day longer. I agree. Longer. Yep. Running a trade business isn't all sunshine and rainbows. It's full of spreadsheets and paperwork. Boring. That's why you should use Fergus Job Management Software, the smarter way for tradies to make every job successful. Let Fergus make your life easier. Save hundreds of hours on admin, get paid faster, and make every job profitable so you can focus on all the things you started a business for. Fergus Tradie Swear Bite. For more information, go to fergus.com. We've got a very special guest joining us now. Ahead of the big match tonight, Penrith up against Parramatta. The final start there in Penrith. It'll be a packed house. And on the line, we've spoken to him, I think, ahead of last year's grand final. And great to have him on the show again. The 2003 Penrith Premiership captain, Craig Gower. Craig, good morning to you. Morning, Mido. How's things, buddy? Really well, thank you, mate. And great to talk to you on uh, the morning of a big match tonight. And Para, why do you believe they've caused Penrith problems this season in your opinion? I mean, I, I, mean, I was just looking over the teams. Like, they're just, you know, they're, you look at both sides, they're both, you know, jam-packed full of, full of good, you know, good and great players. So it's, um, you know, you look at uh, Lane, the second row, just jumping out of his skin. Uh, Dylan Brown, uh, you know, even though Dylan's, been, you know, Dylan's a, a classy player, I think it's seen a, a bit of a breakout season with him, just with the how he's starting to dominate and, and trying to Control, control a bit, bit, bit more of the ball and take it, take a bit more uh, pressure off uh, Moses. So, um, you know, you look at RCG up front with uh, with Junior. So it's you know they've got a formidable pack. So um, you know they, they, they're taking their moments. Obviously, I know the second game Nathan got uh, sent off, so that uh, you, you put a line through that one. But um, you know, at the end of the day, they got the job done twice this year. So it's certainly a dangerous game for, for Penrith tonight. Great to talk to you again, Gowie. But you mentioned Nathan there having five weeks off. As a halfback, I mean, you know, you're, you're very influential in a, in a footy team. Any risk of his timing being out after spending five weeks on the sideline? Well, I think there is. You know, I know he's training and, and so forth, and, and they're doing game simulations as much as they can. and But also they're preparing for games as well, so they need to put their other players in there, see? So... Uh, uh, you know, I think there's going to be a little bit of ring rust there, but yeah. hopefully he can, he can shake it off. You know, the other day, you know how classy uh, Nathan is as, as a player, how good he is, how methodical he is, as, as the way he trains, and also uh, the effort he puts in. Um, you know, I, I can't really see it holding him back, but there's certainly an unknown there, buddy. And, and, and you know yourself, uh, you know, you've been out for a little bit. There's, there's uh, you know, your timing mm. could be out for the first, you know, ten, you know, ten or fifteen minutes, but. Uh, I think he'll, uh, I think he'll take it, take it on, and, and you know, do his normal role that, that he usually does. And especially with the rain that's come today, you know, his his kicking game is going to be pivotal for that for Penrith to win. Gowie, what about this this Panthers team? I feel like they're they're spoken about with such high regard and respect, but in regards to their legacy, and they've had an awesome season again. How important is it for them to to go on and win another grand final if they're going to be compared to you know some of the great teams that we've seen in the past? Hello, Parky. I'm well, buddy. You? Yeah? yeah, they're good, buddy. Good. Uh, yeah, no, Heard some stories before you oh, go. Oh, go easy, <laughs> you folks. You were telling take, me off air about take you, Gowie. No notice of them, Gowie. <laughs> we, we did lock horns back in the day. <laughs> yeah. we, we looked, what up, was it? we looked after each other. Don't Greenwood? worry about that. <laughs> it, was, it was entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it, it certainly is. 
Like because at the end of the day, you, get, you don't get many opportunities, yeah. and you can see what the salary cap's doing to Penrith at the moment. So mm. they're losing players. You know, Tikau's going, Happy Coruscant's going. So it's it's a pivotal time for them to to get the job done again. And uh, I think they are a great side, yeah. and their legacy is going to be what it is. But um, uh, as a player, when you get these opportunities, you want to take them and. Mm. And I, I know, you know, obviously the work that they've put in through the, the infrastructure and so forth, and they'll have more players coming through, but uh, it's now, it's, it's this year, and, and um, you know, they've done all that they can do during the season, and now they've just got the, the comp starts again, as they say, and, and it starts tonight for them. I know it's a lose-lose situation for any coach as well. You you don't rest players in that last game and someone gets injured, you're kicking yourself. You go and rest 11 players and, you know, there's people like me asking the question, will there be rust in the, in the system for Penrith? What's your take on it, buddy? Do you think Ivan made the right decision to give the Panthers every chance to go on a win in this GF? Uh, we'll find out tonight. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what it comes down to, yeah. uh, you know, Never though, we don't know if there's a few niggles and that's why, or yeah, it's just a, a blanket uh, rest period for the guys because they've had a great season and, and they know that they can handle it. See, so uh, it's a big call. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the, the coaches are in and around there every day and they, they must have thought that was the best, the best uh, opportunity for them to come out and perform as best as they can in the first week of the, of the finals. And, uh, we're just going to have to back, back uh, Ivan's decision on that and, and hopefully he got it right. What do you make of Mitchell Moses, Craig? He can be polarising. How do you rate him and what have you made of his year? I think he's certainly improving. Um, you know, there's there's been a high expectations on, on, on for him to perform in the big games and that's something that he has not done. Um, you know, but you look back to that semi-final against uh, Penrith last year and you know, I, I, I thought Penrith on the ropes there, and, and you know they're trying to come out, and it was pretty, <laughs> pretty uh, big call. Yeah, you know, for to, to stop the game, that was that was a crucial time. So you, you don't know what what could have happened, but uh, you know, I certainly thought that Parramatta were, were coming over the top of them. So you know, it's a it's a dangerous game tonight, and, and it's sort of it's hard to say that puts them on the right side of the draw as well, because you have got the Roosters, Melbourne, and South that you know what six, seven, and eight. Oh, sorry. Yes, uh, five, six, and seven, and you know that's um, that's unheard of. You know, for those those sort of top line teams to be in that those positions, so it's 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 going to set up for a cracking uh, semi final series. I, I know Nathan is the the highest profile player out there at Penrith, and you know he's highly rated and he's, a, he's such a wonderful player. But but two understated players in that team, Gowie, who are now starting to get the raps. But I just feel as though they're so influential to how. Penrith perform, uh, the yeah, fullback yeah, Dylan Edwards and Locke Isaiah Yeo. Geez, they've been yeah. magnificent for the team. Yeah, mate, they certainly are. And you look at Dylan Edwards, you know, as they say, he's not a top-line fullback, but, geez, like, how, how much better do you need him to be? Like, he's he's in everywhere. Um, you know, every week he's a, you know, he's, he's a seven or eight uh, out of ten player. Uh, and that's the same with Yoey. You know, Yoey's just added, added things to his game and he's like he just locks up that middle so well, and um, you know, he's obviously he's added his little pass, passing game in, in, in through the in through the middle as well, and just adds a different dynamic for for defences. And and um, when you're asking questions as much as they do, it certainly um, it helps the you know the halves to perform the way that they do. And 
uh, and Dylan Edwards, he just comes out of everywhere. Like he's, you know, like he's all over, all over the place, and he's, he's always popping up at the right time. And he's he's as safe. You know, obviously he went through that little period, you know, a few years back with his hands, and he he done some work on his his mental game and the rest of it. And you know, he's come back a you know an unbelievable player and such a consistent fullback. How's the concrete going, Gowie? Oh yeah, you know, we're building we're building things, mate. You know, just the usual, just hanging it over today, which is a good day. But um, yeah, there's a few things in the pipeline, which is which is nice. So we'll just uh, keep battling away, buddy. You know, any horses, mate? Uh, no, just watching them at the moment. Yeah. Loz, yeah. We'll... I've got one to keep an eye out for. You, <laughs> oh, here we go. Talk to me. Talk no, to me. Foxy Cleopatra. Oh Where are we running oh, at, oh on my yeah. Sunday? Seriously. Are we doing this again? So, yeah. <laughs> Gowie, this thing does. This thing's a pony, mate. It doesn't even race. If it rains, it's no good. If there's bindies, it's no good. If the grass is green, it's no good. I think it's been nom for about twelve races in the last six days. <laughs> where's, where's, your last, where's your horse at the moment, Parky? Mine's, mine's chilling. Yeah, mine's just in the paddock. Just yeah. having a feed. But yeah, when's it going to race again? Yeah, okay, don't get angry at me because I'm sledging you. <laughs> yeah, when's it going to race she's, again? She's not far away, buddy. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Get on her. Yeah. Pretty wild. Can you believe he had luck, Gowie? <laughs> like, just what he needs. A bit more luck. Will you be watching the game tonight, Craig? Just just at home on the couch or the local? Yeah, no, no. I'm going to watch it home, mate. Like, yeah. it's um, going to be wet and so forth. So I'll just... Uh, Every time I go to the game, you know, I never watch the game. So yeah. that's, that's the problem. You know, you always socialise and you're having a few beers and the rest of it. So uh, it's better for me to sit home and uh, uh, put the full attention on it and watch it at home. Uh, it's great to talk to you. Thanks for your time as always. Enjoy the finals. Will do, boys. Thanks very much. Oh, what a morning it is. The Queen sadly passing away. JR <laughs> telling us that she's leaving us to go to Melbourne. Steph Gilmore winning an eighth world surfing title. Her eighth. Oh, what a genius. What a, and Foxy nominated for Sunday. <laughs> Foxy's Foxy Cleopatra is nominated for 14 races. <laughs> on, and the multi has been backed off the proverbial. It's into $11, Loz. What do you got for us? I'm chasing Dean Lester's mail, by the way, as well. Uh, I know our listeners love it, uh, but you'll, they well, also love the doing, multi. We're going Flemington Race 4, number 16, El Rocco, to finish top two. And then... Rose Hill race nine, number 10, Shades of Rose to win. And that is paying? 11 clams. 11 clams. It was 13, but now it's into 11. $11. And, uh, well, the mail they want most, though, is Brad Davidson. Dave, morning to you. Morning, guys. How are we? Really well, thank you. How do you see this run to the rose playing out, I guess, in mind with betting in a race like this is the fact the grand final's in two weeks' time. Yeah, exactly right, guys. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see how uh, the likes of Fireburn come back, if Vesta Bordeaux can bounce back, how in secret lines up against, um, well, you could say the stronger form line, but we're not 100% sure whether it is or not all the same because, uh, you know, they haven't exactly shot the lights out, the three-year-old uh, Colts at the moment. So, um, yes, yeah, a really interesting race. I ended up landing on in secret, actually, which surprised me a little bit because when I was doing the form, I, when I first looked at it, I thought, oh, I don't think that form's strong enough for a race like this. But when you break down all the figures and the, the type of run she's going to get, um, the, the 54 kilos and the 1,200 metres and the fact she's had a run this preparation, I, I just end up landing back on her here. I, I know she was scratched last week due to the uh, the conditions, so safe for this race, and probably not easy to get a horse up again and, and get her 
you know, peaking seven days later. But I'm sure James Cummings, as uh, I heard him during the week, is quite happy with the way the filly's going and expected her to go very, very close last weekend if they decided to run. So, look, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm within secret. I'm interested to see what Fyburn can do. I'm taken by Gary Portelli's comments during the week, sort of suggesting that her track work's been horrible, really, but that she's always liked that at track work and that she just turns up race day and that uh, Sir Jardin's the one that's really been pleasing him at home and, and uh, you know, just uh, seems to have come back a, a much better horse. I think he needs to all the same. He's his overall figures and that are a couple of lengths below these. So he would need to find that couple of lengths, but maybe he has. So always interesting when these horses come back, you get a bit of a mix of those that have had the one run and those that are first up. But for me, guys, I'm, I'm within secret in the uh, the feature there at Rose Hill tomorrow. What are you going to do in the CA marks? Look, I, I think it's a race in two, Loz. So Mr. Mozart and, and Ellsberg, I think there's only two hopes. Uh, Ellsberg's unbeaten first up. Mr. Mozart's definitely trial better than Ellsberg leading in, but Ellsberg does that, and he gets the uh, the blinkers on there tomorrow as, as well um, that he wears on race day. So, look, I think it's those two. I, I think the conditions are probably key. If we get a lot of rain today, then Mr. Mozart probably advantage him. If we don't get too much rain, then it's, it's probably back to Ellsberg. But, yeah, look, I think it's an absolute match race personally, and we'll see how those two fight it out there tomorrow in the CMR. Group 1 racing at Flemington tomorrow. Cracking race is the Maccabi Diva. Uh, it's race, gee, having it early, race five on the card there at Flemington tomorrow. And I'm Thunderstruck is $2.20 with Tab Alligator Blood, $5. Cascadian, six. Western Empire, seven. 11 and longer the rest for the group one. Who do you like? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a fascinating race in that the, the favourite is clearly the horse to beat. But there's a big little query with him, and, and that is not so much the second up record. A lot of people have documented that this week. Oh, he's flat second up. I I'm not a big believer in, in all that stuff. You can have a look at the, the stats and, you know, the odd horse might be a bit flat second up, but really um, it's to do a lot of the time with race placement and, and distances and things like that, where the big concern for him is actually the, the barrier, number one. I know it's only a small field, but if you look at the stats of horses over the mile at Flemington from barrier one the, the last two years, um, they're only striking at 6.5% and about minus 35% profit on turnover. So it's the worst possible barrier for him because he's going to be cluttered up there. It's a track that's probably going to uh, advantage those horses in the running line and then coming three or four off in the straight. So he's going to need a great ride by Mark Zara. He's clearly the horse to beat, but uh, the way it sets up with Cascadian draw might, he, he might catch him napping. He might get held up there on Thunderstruck and Cascadian down the down the middle of the track late. But we'll see how it pans out. But look, his first up run was there for all to see and clearly the horse to beat, but um, yeah, like I said, the barrier, the big, big concern there for him tomorrow. What did you make of Moanga's run in the wing stakes, Davo, by the way? Yeah, look, I thought he was disappointing. Uh, I know the stable have come out and said yes, he, that's not him. He needs to he needs to build momentum from the 600, and I totally get that, but at the same time, you would have hoped he was doing a little bit more late in the piece, um, but we, you know, we know he's a class galloper. We know he's much better than that, and uh, his best form is is definitely good enough in a race like this to be very competitive. So if you can be very forgiving there, um, then you can you can have him in the mix right here for sure. And he's got some he's got some good form. And I think he ran uh, second in this race behind Incentivise last year. So look, he's he's got the the right figures and form if he can if he can bounce back quickly there. And I like the wide gate for him because you you'll get back, you'll get into that running line and be able to make his make his uninterrupted run from the 600, which he really needs in a race. All right, what's your best at Rose Hill tomorrow? 
Look, a bit on weather watch to see what happens with this rain in the, in the next uh, sort of three or four hours. But race two, number eight, Kips Bay, the, the best there for me tomorrow. I'm Marcy's favourite over Darylina Bell. And look, I was taken by the first up win. I was taken up by the, the maiden win before a break last preparation. And even the run prior to that, he beat home Dalcini there at, at Warwick Farm. I think he's turning into a nice horse. And he missed the start there first up and still put him away, where normally he puts himself up on speed and, and, and just keeps rolling. So for me, race two, number eight, Kips Bay. I'm, I'm happy to be with him there in the in the midway there tomorrow. Okay, $5 chance with Tab. And uh, your confidence levels for Loz's Sydney tip. Well, he's got Shades of Rose to win and El Rocco down there at Flemington to run top two. Yeah, look, I think um, I think she's uh, she's hard to beat again. A, a top pick for me, Shades of Rose. I just hope, Loz, that uh, El Rocco goes to Flemington. I know they're also in here. I'm not sure if you've heard anything there, but um, I know they're in a couple of places. So, um, Yeah, Loz, Loz yeah, claims yeah. that he's uh, all over it and that he's going to Flemington. Yeah. Oh, well, I'd expect nothing. I was going to say, Dave, are you doubting me? Yeah. No, exactly. No. I just, just wanted to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, considering the track record of your scratch. I'll do my research, Vinna. Yeah. Just not on your I'll own. i ring horse. around. Yeah, good. <laughs> Davo, I've got one for you Sunday. Keep an eye out for. Foxy? Yes. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. See how she goes. Well, aren't we all? Good luck. <laughs> well, she's drawn barrier 18, so we might be pulling her again. <laughs> no, well, I'll just start, because that's a great excuse if she does get beat. Look, the barrier beat her today. Oh, yes. Next start. Oh, oh beautiful. No, that's a... That, oh that is that's so you look, good thinking. You're trying to find excuses already. Yeah, Unbelievable. Mate, seriously. No, uh, we've got to leave it there, Davo. You have a good weekend, Go. mate. Cheers, guys.